Hello and welcome back to The Indie, the podcast from the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent. I'm your host, Molly McEnany, and this week we're here for a musician roundtable with Santa Barbara Records. General Manager Billy O'Connell is joining us alongside Danny McGaugh and Erlen Weinberg, two musicians signed to Santa Barbara Records, to talk about their careers as musicians, as well as the Santa Barbara music scene, which is just beginning to come alive again. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having us. And between these two gentlemen who are accompanying me, I think we should be able to kind of give you a pretty well-rounded view of what we're up to. So I wanted to start out with a general question for you all. Why Santa Barbara? What about the West Coast music scene is appealing for you? I think this is probably best answered by by Erland. Erland, I, I hope I'm not throwing you under the bus here, but I'd love it if you would talk about how what the genesis was of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So Santa Barbara native for many years, played in a number of different bands, um, and then ended up moving into a little bit of artist development. And I had a music school called Musicology Santa Barbara before COVID hit. And I think the, the idea, I actually went to see the film Muscle Shoals at the theater in Carp. It slipped in my mind. But I what really you know, kind of blew me away is this idea of a producer, an artist, a team of people coming together in a small city and nurturing each other's talents. And the amount of hit records, incredible records, music that came out of this little city in Muscle Shoals, you know, I kind of thought, well, Santa Barbara is so artistic, has such a supportive community for the arts. A lot of incredible musicians and songwriters have come out of Santa Barbara, but I don't really see this collective network of people working together to further nurture the creation of art and the support of artists in our community. So that was really just the starting point. And Erlen then connected with a couple of other like-minded individuals in town. And, um, and they just, they started putting together a plan for what it would be to be a local label. Through that process, I was I was contacted by by one of the one of the founding partners and and brought into the conversation. My background is in uh, label and artist management. I was a label manager of Sire Records at Warner Brothers in the '80s and early '90s. That's an insanely long time ago. But uh, I went from from Warner Brothers to artist management in in 1992, and since then I've been managing managing artists. Uh, and and in 2009 I started teaching on the full time faculty in a music industry program at Loyola University New Orleans. And it was through that work that I got into uh, some consulting with artists and and labels in terms of current best practices and structure of such things. And so I started talking to this great team of people and um, one thing led to another. Uh, and I and I was brought in as label manager for Santa Barbara Records, which for me was something that I had a, a very sweet sense of nostalgia for. And I was like, wow, this is great. I can be on the label side again. This is a fun thing to do. To their credit, they were really looking for a unique kind of creative approach to to sort of how to be a label in the, in the current climate under, under the current realities, but also regionally. And my orientation to the problem at hand was, well, if, if, if I'm going to work for a label, I'd like to work for a label that behaves in a way that I would be delighted by as an artist manager. Like I, I, I would think that there's an opportunity to do something that's truly artist friendly. And, um, and so we started talking through some of those concepts and 
little by little, we kind of honed in on a vision for Santa Barbara Records. And the whole thing kind of kicked off with the release of a, of a compilation in uh, October of last year. And that was sort of the kickoff to the, to the, to the whole enterprise. In, July, in January, we released Airlines record, Southern Pacific. In February and March, we released singles and EPs for a guy named Max Cash. Um, and we're currently setting up Danny's release. Danny has a, has a, a, a new record called Set Me Free. That is that it's currently being set up for press and, and radio and, and, and socials, digital marketing. We're looking at his first single coming out in, um, in third week in May, and then second single in the middle of June, and the full length coming in the middle of July. And, uh, and we're getting incredible feedback on that record, and um, been really fun to see to see things kind of growing to a more mature state with for Santa Barbara Records. Yeah, well, and Danny, your album coming out July 22nd, I believe, I got a bit of a sneak peek of the release. And to me, this album kind of captures the sound of the singer-songwriter experience that has some alternative ballads, even a bit of folk rock. So how would you describe this album and, and what did you want to express with it? What's the story behind it? I went into it with a saying, uh, how would Tom Petty do it? So A good start. Yeah, we did it live in a room. In the past, I've gone around and I'd say, well, I'll make a folk record this time or I'll make a rock and roll record this time. Or I also composed for TV and film and I had baskets of genres that I was doing. So I thought if I just take all the different facets of my uh, songwriting, put them in one bucket and then record them in the same way with the same guys in the same sessions with the principle of how would Tom Petty do it? And it kind of just tied all these different, really different songs together and it came out pretty good I think yeah well now you started sticking with Danny you started out going after a soccer career was music always in the background I mean it seems like a pretty dynamic switch in trajectory so what led you to make that switch and come to Santa Barbara I'm the only musician in living memory of my family I was signed with pro clubs as a soccer player from when I was like nine years old my brother bought a guitar and I he never learned to play it but I did and it put me as the only musician in living memory. And uh, I taught myself and I wrote my first song when I was about 11. None of my football friends knew I played music. I just used to do it in private. And I, you know, I'd just write songs and about girls who didn't like me. And then when, when I stopped playing football, it turned out that when you grow up in a professional environment, you learn how to be focused. And the, the immediate thing I had to grab when I got injured playing football was something constructive to focus on. And that's how I ended up dismaying my parents once more and going for an impossible career again. <laughs> and I think it fits. I think artists are athletes. You know, they have to make they have to make do with their physical instrument, regardless of what musical instrument they play. They have they have this body that that has to be made to to perform on cue, and they understand practice, right? The way the way athletes understand practice. But Danny is also so modest that he, he didn't talk about some of the extraordinary aspects of his story that, you know, he came out to California from, you know, from the north of England, started busking in Santa Monica, in fact, met his wife while busking, playing on the street in Santa Monica. Danny's a tenacious, a passionate and tenacious guy. And I think that that's really, that's really what sets him apart. Another little bit that I wanted to just mention, if I may, is that is that, you know, the focus for Santa Barbara Records is to be an industry standard player, uh, a professional presence in the region without requiring somebody who wants to, to be a professional 
and, and release records in a deliberate and, and comprehensive way to allow them to stay in the region, you know, and not have to leave. It, it, it shouldn't be a requirement that you leave the area to be a productive presence on the world stage. And so part of, part of what we set out to do was serve Santa Barbara and the Central Coast and make it about that. And Erlen might want to speak a little bit uh, to the idea of why Americana but I think that um, that there is this unique positioning for us that that Santa Barbara lives between, you know, Laurel Canyon and that it's very special California oriented folk scene and Bakersfield and that very specific Western US country focus. And when you overlay those two things, you get something that sounds like a California version of Americana. And, and I think that it was a it was sort of a stroke of genius to, to focus on that particular genre. Definitely. And when you brought up, you know, thinking about the Laurel Canyon musicians and all the people who came there to to play and, you know, the great Joni Mitchell and things like that. But Santa Barbara also has such a rich music history rooted in garage and DIY scenes in the 80s and 90s, surf culture and what that bred. So, I mean, Billy and Erland as founding members and as general manager now, Billy, of Santa Barbara Records, how do you think that Santa Barbara Records is trying to revive that culture of, like you said, you don't have to be someone who wants to go to LA and just become this huge star. You can still produce music and still be a part of a music scene. And certainly, and certainly reach out to the world from where you are, you know, you, you can stay home. You know, even though we have this genre focus, we want to be of service regardless of genre. If, if we can provide resources and if we can provide information and best practices to the broader music community, then we're going to be happy doing that. You know, to that end, we put out video content on a weekly basis called the Monday Minute, which is, uh, which is constructive information, industry information for aspiring professional musicians. And we do monthly a monthly series called Third Thursday. The last one was just last night, where we have this music industry meetup where people can come down and speak to us about issues that they're facing, problems that they'd like to solve. And and that's a it's a, it's a core feature of our mission is to not live in a silo, um, you know, to ourselves, serving only Americana and only Santa Barbara Records artists. It's baked into our company that we we also serve our community. We are a, a purpose-driven, meaning-driven enterprise. And that's, if we're not that, you know, those of us who, who, who are active in this company wouldn't want to be involved in it. And now, as Billy said, Erlen, your sound is kind of described as this Americana, but of alt country. I want to ask where you saw yourself fitting into Santa Barbara Records and who were some of your greatest influences on your sound? Oh, well, as far as Santa Barbara Records, where I fit in, I think um, having kind of been on the ground floor of the conception of this thing, I, I feel like that was a natural fit and being a songwriter. And I'm a huge fan of collaboration. So working with other artists, I've produced other artists. And that was really my intention with getting involved with this in the first place. Like, how can we bring all these people together? And, you know, my art mixed with that person's art could create something really beautiful. And you're an educator as well. I mean, that's a big part of why, you know, that that's an unusual component part of this is that, you know, we have three educators involved in the founding of this company. So yeah, started teaching guitar when I was 19. I taught smoke on the water more times than you'd like to know. But teaching for me was an incredible 
you know, resource while instead of bartending or doing another gig, I was getting paid a, a decent hourly rate to do what I love and learn different types of music. If somebody wanted to learn a Metallica song, well, I needed to learn it quick and teach it to them, even if I didn't know it. So, and all of that experience and education definitely led to this community-oriented passion that I have, which ensued led to the beginning of Santa Barbara Records. So I, I thank my lucky stars that I did teach and start teaching at a young age. And now that's kind of bled into uh, production because when you're in the studio and you're producing an artist, you are, you are educating, especially if that, that artist is brand new in the studio. Um, but to answer your second question about my music, um, you know, uh, Danny said Tom Petty. I mean, it's there must be something in the water in Santa Barbara because I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of storytelling more than any, anything else. I don't care what genre it is. You know, if somebody can tell their story and really move me. You can kind of, you can hear it in the lyricism, you can hear it in the vocal delivery. That's just a powerful thing. And I think there's a lot of artists in Santa Barbara and the Central Coast, of course, all over the country, but maybe somewhat underrepresented in the Central Coast area that I think Santa Barbara Records is in a really good place to nurture those storytellers and those artists and help get their stories heard. And now you're kind of paying, as you said, back to the community again with your music program that provides free music lessons to underprivileged youth. So can you give listeners some insight into the program and maybe some of the top artists who have come in to work with these aspiring musicians? Yeah, so the music program that I had, unfortunately, was shut down when COVID hit. Um, And that was, you know, I think for everybody when COVID-19 hit, I, I know I'm not the only one whose life was turned upside down, but so since that moment, I've been doing a lot of different things. You know, I'm a father of three girls. I've always been a very hard worker. The fact that I'm still able to even record and put out records, I think is, is you know, bless my wife's heart. I, you know, she, she allows me to do that. So unfortunately, Musicology Santa Barbara Resonantity does not exist anymore. Um, but I'm hoping that Santa Barbara Records can fill a little bit of that gap when it comes to education in the community. You know, I, I think that if there's one thing I know about Santa Barbara is that people love to support art. And so what I'm hoping is to see this community get behind Santa Barbara Records, all of these amazing music programs in town, and to, you know, really continue to uh, to push everything forward in a flourishing way so that this idyllic, community-based label slash artist development uh, company can uh, be a big success. Yeah, and you can definitely see that when you come to Santa Barbara, how important art and the music culture is here for everyone, even if you're only here for a short amount of time or especially people who come up and visit. You're right, it is idyllic. They visit Santa Barbara for that atmosphere. But I do have to go back to Danny, who you know has this kind of international lens on music, but still is in Santa Barbara. You're touring now with Three Dog Night. What have been some of your favorite memories on tour? And I guess what has the tour experience or how has the tour experience impacted your writing and your work and your musicianship? Well, I'm in Durham, North Carolina right now. I landed an hour ago. I've been on 15 planes in the last five days, six days or something. It's crazy. And I tour with a band that had 21 top 40 hits. And I hear them every night. The lead singer, who is a Laurel Canyon legend, is mentoring me, you know, and he's an inspiration to me. They teach me how to travel. 
They teach me how to stay healthy in the rigors of the travel. And they teach me how to do it over and over again in, under great pressure because the, the audience is big and I open alone as an unknown, you know, and I have to kind of do it over again every night. And I've learned how to do that through the mentorship, which is 50, 60 gigs with these guys now. And they, they keep giving me all the gigs and it keeps growing and our relationships keep growing. And it's, it's a really beautiful time, I have to say. It's incredible. And the timing with Santa Barbara Records and Three Dog Night, it's a lovely, you know, confluence of energies that I'm very grateful for that they're, they're both colliding at the same time. Well, and like Willie said, it is like being an athlete. You do have to train. It does put your body through such immense pressure. But have there been any favorite moments that you've had so far on this tour that you would like to share? Yeah, well, we played the Ryman Auditorium. That was spectacular. Um, last night was amazing. <laughs> um, where were we last night? Sandler, Virginia. And we also played the Birchmere three nights ago in Alexandria, Virginia, which was, uh, you know, Buddy Guy, Little Richard, Ray Charles. Sometimes I just make sure I don't look at walls and so I don't get too overwhelmed. Like last night was my favorite game I've, I've ever done with them because over the journey of it, it's been I used to, my hands used to sweat. It was crazy anxiety. But what I want to get to a place is where I can just relax and sing with the breadth of emotion that I do to my kids or whatever, you know? And I achieved that more last night than I ever have. And it was reflected in the response from the audience, you know? And it was a beautiful big theater, 1500 people or whatever. It's a remarkable thing to be able to relax in that situation. It's surreal yeah think about the reason why you're up there about the music definitely as people say have fun and you go easier said than done completely <laughs> completely oh you, i can usually imagine. there's a voice in my head saying drop one song and get out quick drop one song and get out quick <laughs> and i never do well that's all very exciting and i'm glad you could join us from all the way across the country i really appreciate it but yes tour life seems to be full of great memories but also very very you know tough and, and you know a lot of nerves and anxiety and things like that but that's that's awesome that you had that experience it's funny it, it, it comes from that sense of like i mean no one no one appreciates what an artist goes through to do what they do more more than an, an artist manager does i mean the amount of stress and strain put on these people and the, the amount of work that they do just to bring beauty to the world and to connect people to something in a deep emotional way is so important. And it's a, it goes a long way to explaining why it was so important to us to do something that was truly artist friendly, something that was, you know, to create a contract, for instance, that I myself would sign. Right. But that there's a lot of misunderstanding about the record business. Uh, there's a lot of people who who think, you know, an artist's dream is a seven record deal versus a one record deal. Um, when in fact, the, the only artist friendly deal is a very, very short term deal, right? You know, because if there's, if there's a seven record deal, the options are always the company's options, not, not, the, not the artists, right? So for us, it's, it's in recognition of this, of, of the, the, the struggles and the value of what, of what people like Erland and Danny do that made it so that we we wanted to create a company that issued deals that were truly artist friendly short term you know our record deals are one record deals with one option that this is not about 
putting them into debt, you know, without a hope of ever making money on their music. The idea is that we, we keep expenses reasonable and we look to create opportunities for revenues uh, to be to be generated. And and we um, split those proceeds fairly between us 50 50. And then, you know, through other other innovations and incremental changes, I think it, it's like it's, it's all about creating a structure that does things the way we feel you ought to do things if you're living in the service of artists. And, and, and hopefully we're, we're gonna be successful in leaving the people that we work with better off than, than they were prior to encountering us. And that's, that's a significant part of what we're here for. Well, and the music industry has changed so much. I mean, think about the fact that musicians don't really make money off of record sales, like, you know, a buck or two bucks on each record. That doesn't exist anywhere with streaming. So why do you think you constantly see bands like, you know, like when Tom Petty was alive or Wilco, they're always on tour. They're always on tour. So it's insane to see how much of their life is given to the music. But that does lead me into my next question, which are all of you record collectors? That's a question that I have because it's National Record Store Day tomorrow, April 23rd, and which will have already passed by the time listeners heal this episode. But would you mind sharing your favorite record in your collection if you have one or if you're looking to kind of buy some new records, which ones would those be? Sure. I, uh, I am a record collector from the standpoint of I only have vinyl of records that like are like my all-time favorite records. So I'm, I'm not, you know, and honestly, I probably should be. I always say I would like to go out and get more vinyl of like new records coming out. But I think my go-to is, uh, I'm a huge John Lennon fan. Um, John Lennon's Imagine record to me is, it's just something that's always inspired me when I listen to. And I like how half the record sounds kind of sweet and innocent and dreamy. And the second half is a little bit different. And if you do listen to my record, that theme is is consistent um, with my record as well. It's like halfway through the album, there's like just this mood change and you're in a different place. Um, so it does, maybe it doesn't work as well on like a streaming service, but I love the idea of putting out a full album with two characters as far as A side and B side. It's really funny you say that because my favorite all-time vinyl release is Talking Heads. The name of this band is Talking Heads, which is like a really cool double record where the first the first disc is all their four-piece nightclub type stuff, the stuff like from 77 and more songs about buildings and food. And then the post-Eno era, you know, era is the second disc with all the stuff from from Remain in Light and Fear of Music and, 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 and that entire album package I found endlessly fascinating. That and, and, and The Clash's London Calling and Sandinista to a lesser extent, but like the, just the liner notes and the, and the most amazing, you know, dust sleeves and packages. And, and, and I just remember pouring over those records in my life. And, um, and I still have those albums in my collection. They're, they're super important to me. Oh, I have a funny vinyl story if you have a minute. I had moved back from Nashville back in 2016 and I was super broke and I had to start teaching again. I had a publishing deal and was writing in Nashville. So I moved back to Dana Point. I'm like getting back on my feet. Um, and I started teaching at the old music school that I taught at when I was 19. And they had this big record collection. And for some reason I picked up this Merle Haggard record, never even listened to him. And I just kind of put it in my room and it was just there. I thought it was a funny picture. Um, Anyways, fast forward, I, I'm living in Santa Barbara, and for some reason, I just kept this record with me. I just 
took it with me and put it at my desk in my new house. And one day I get a knock on the door and it's the previous, it's the previous woman's son saying, Hey, we used to live here, blah, blah. Oh, come on in. Um, he said, yeah, well, my mom is uh, actually a hospice nurse and just helped Merle Haggard die in Northern California last week. And he said that and I looked over and pointed at the vinyl and I was like, man, I don't know. This is kind of weird. I, I'm going to tell you this story. I mean, no disrespect, but that really freaked me out. So I think I'm going to go into country music now. I'm going to be a country star. Wow. That was your sign. 100%. Well, if anyone wants a cool one to add, the Stones are doing their uh, 50th anniversary release and it's a glow in the dark record. So I'm going to see if I can if I can pick that up myself tomorrow. But to close out, now that Santa Barbara music venues are opening back up for spring and summer, will locals catch you hanging around on the weekend? What are your favorite places in Santa Barbara to see live music? Well, I mean, we have a, we have a, a very close relationship with uh, our friends at the Libero. And, and of course, the bowl is world famous, right? There's a very close childhood friend of mine is the is manager for Portugal to Man, and they just had a, a, an amazing couple of days there. So certainly on that level, there's the Granada, there's Soho. I mean, these rooms are great, great rooms for, 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 um, for Santa Barbara, and they speak well to it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, love, I love the Libero. Who doesn't like going to the bowl? I mean, gosh, you have that in your backyard. It's that's a win for everybody in Santa Barbara. You know, I'm a fan of theater shows. I think it kind of forces you to, to again, going back to my love for storytelling, it forces you to really digest what that artist is saying. So I'm a big fan of the libero, the Arlington. Yeah, I, I think I'm charmed by the libero. I'm, every artist I ever managed loved playing the libero and the bowl. I mean, it was like any time they had an opportunity to be there, it was like they'd crawl over broken glass to play those two places. Well, yeah, the bowl is bucket list, isn't it? It is absolutely gorgeous. It's hard to get a better view than that as well. Yeah, the bowl is pretty awesome. And it's a great venue for people coming up the coast. Seems like people always want to stop there. So always great big artists combined with smaller artists too. The lineups are always great. Well, congrats to everyone and Erlen too. I mean, is there anything you want to add about that recent release before we, we all sign off? It is a songs compiled over five years of a you know major struggle trying to be a musician and pay my bills. Um, so you'll hear some of that, but there's a lot of love songs in there. Um, you know, my wife has stuck with me through this journey. Whenever I talk to a younger artist, I ask them like, "Do you have a backup plan?" And if they say yes, then you know I'm like, "Well, I don't know if you really want to do this." Not that you can't work other jobs, but are you a lifer? Are you in it for life? And I'm always going to be putting out records no matter what. So that, you know, Southern Pacific is really that journey put into sonic representation. Yeah, I went to, I went to film school at NYU and, and, uh, and one of my professors said to us like very early on, if you can do anything else and be happy, do that. Because this is a the hard and crowded field and we don't need the noise like get out of our way if you can do anything else and put your head on the pillow at night and i'll tell you that's 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 what a lifer is somebody who has no choice but to do this work and and that's who we're for and that's what we're for so i'm, I'm proud to be associated with people who feel that way these two gentlemen are, are perfect examples of that mindset well, congratulations to you, Erlen, and also to Danny. Everyone will be anticipating the release of your album come mid-July. And Billy O'Connell, thank you so much for all of your work uh, at Santa Barbara Records. And speaking about 
what's to come for the future and also why Santa Barbara Records is kind of a, a great niche label for the everyday musician and for people who really just who love music. So I really appreciate everyone coming on the show this week and I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you for having us, Molly. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Once again, thank you to Billy, Danny, and Erlen for joining me on the show this week. You can learn more about Santa Barbara Records on their website, www.santabarbarecords.com. And once again, for The Indie, I'm your host, Molly McEnany. 